A new year is a new chance to focus on you. You're probably already picturing yourself struggling at the gym, but not all self-help has to mean suffering. Squeeze.com is making it easier than ever to elevate your wellness by delivering a juice cleanse right to your doorstep. It's the easiest juice cleanse you'll ever do that may aid in weight loss, eliminating bloating, clearing your skin, boosting your energy levels, improving sleep, and breaking bad eating habits. Meet all your health goals from the comfort of your home. Get free same-day local delivery or fast free delivery nationwide with code WONDERY today at squeezed.com. Welcome back here to Mind Rolling Podcast, and uh, it's me, um, uh, Raghu Marcus, and my close buddy, David Silver. David, we have a, gra- uh, a fantastic Hi. guest. Hi, David. Yeah, we're always, we're always, we always get It's not even like, a guest. You know what? No, I can't, you can't no, say that. Actually, he's not that's, a guest anymore. No. He's, uh, <laughs> he's uh, you know... A brother, but I hate that no, word. Part of the like family. Anyway, Forget the bro family, shit. Okay. Family, yay! Yeah, and it's the family hour, gentleman himself, Duncan Trussell, and we're so happy to have him on for a third time, which is you know a record. And, yes. Uh, I, I um, so hi, Duncan. Welcome. Hi, David. Thank you. Yeah. What's the weather like there? We just have to get that in. It is no. beautiful. It rained yesterday, <laughs> and now it is a beautiful day. Oh, you poor thing! We are, we're into our nineteenth storm now. Oh, we're gosh. into our nineteenth nervous breakdown. That's right. Stones. That's, uh, that's right. But yeah. soon it will be over. On my birthday, the first day of spring, Duncan, it will all be over. And the oh, vernal that equal- sounds so ominous. Yeah. <laughs> well, <laughs> the I mean that. No, I mean the wintry. The wintry. Do you know something we don't know? Yeah, I know that the wintry conditions that some of us have had to like live through. We'll, we'll soon end. transform into a nuclear blast. Well, it could be. You never know. The Russians are amassing troops on the border of Ukraine this morning. And, yeah. uh, you know, Obama said that wasn't cool and he'll do nothing. Um, okay. So, welcome. And, Raghu, you've I, got something to start off with Duncan with and me, I'm sure. Yeah. I'm glad of this, uh, which I'm going to report here. It's not a re- well. It's a bit of a report. It's uh, old news, but uh, news that not one, neither one of you, would ever have heard. And it's it's kind of an intimate thing, actually. And it's cool. and it centers around uh, one of our favorite people. And we, you know, uh, we've been accused. Well, in this case, he doesn't uh, qualify as. We only have guests that are low-hanging fruit. Did you hear that one? Did we told you that one? We we got some response from our audience, and they're like, you know, you have all the usual suspects, you know, on you know the, the low-hanging fruit: Sharon Salzberg, hey. Jack Kornfield, Krishna Das, Ram. Oh yeah, Ram Das. Low-hanging fruit. And so now we we have. We have the low-hanging fruit segment on Mind Rolling Podcast. <laughs> nice. And uh, um, so I'm, I'm talking now about, uh, and he doesn't qualify in any way here, uh, His Holiness, the Dalai Lama, okay? He's in America right now as well. By the way, he was just in L.A. He was at the Forum, okay? Yeah, and, I know. We went out for drinks. Oh, God. <laughs> 
What is wrong with you? Why weren't you there? Jesus. I couldn't Christ. get into that. Somebody asked him yesterday. What do you mean you couldn't you gonna... get into that? Listen, Isn't it hard to get into? Uh, it's as hard as going into your house, <laughs> except you have to pay, you know, a little bit of something. It's a donation. Anyhow, all right, I'm not going to belabor you. I should have talked to you before about did that. Did you just I, say that Dalai Lama is going to be on your podcast? No. No. I did not fact, say that. In fact, I have uh, to interpolate someone here. He, someone asked him yesterday, what did he think? Was he going to watch the Academy Awards? There was a pause, and he said, no. And they said, why? He said, I haven't seen a Hollywood movie in 20 years. And they said, why? And he said, two reasons. It hurts my eyes, and it's a complete waste of time. He said that? <laughs> he said that, yeah. <laughs> and, you know... <laughs> Can you argue with him about this? <laughs> um, all right, let's get on with this here. Uh, so His Holiness, this is many, many years ago, before he had the large entourage uh, that he has to go around with now in terms of security. You know, this is, I believe it's in the early 90s. And um, he went to Santa Fe. And he was invited there by, uh, uh, actually... I know the shop in Santa Fe because I used to live there. It's a Tibetan shop, and, and he was invited by the Tibetan who owned the shop, who had a, an incredible story himself of years getting out of Tibet with his family and all that stuff. So anyhow, His Holiness went there, and this young man was appointed as the press secretary for the tour, so he had to deal with whatever press and so on. He was not prepared for it. And in the course of the whole thing, His Holiness at one point decided he wanted to go see the ski hill so they went up to the to the you know to the mountain the santa fe ski hill you know it's that's about eight thousand feet up there and beautiful you know ponderosa forest and so on and then he said i want to go up on the ski lift and so they got in the ski lift with him and the old he was just with two other monks and they went up <laughs> and he gets up to the top this is not the point of the story by the way but i'll tell it to you anyhow he got off at the top, and and they got out of their seats, out of the gondola, and and then uh, somebody suddenly shouted, "Watch out!" And the three, uh, His Holiness and the two monks, turned around and got completely lambasted by three teenage girls who couldn't stop, and they barreled <laughs> into. Them. Next thing you know, there he was in the snow, and they were all going, oh, my God, we've killed the Dalai Lama in the ski hill. I mean, it was insane. So they went back down. He was fine, of course, and he just laughed. He was having a good time. I and mean, he's just, talk about be, be here now every moment, you know. Um, yeah. So he went down, uh, and they were having some food or something, and, and a waitress came over to him and said, uh, may I ask you a question to his holiness, right? And her question was, I really want to know what the meaning of life is. And I know you can tell me. So the, um, the press guy, this young guy who was appointed, who had no qualifications, who, who, who uh, wrote this story, he said, in my entire week with the Dalai Lama, every conceivable question had been asked except that one. People had been afraid to ask the one, the really big question. There was a brief stunned silence at the table, but the Dalai Lama answered immediately, the meaning of life is happiness. He raised his finger, leaning forward, focusing on her as, as if she were the only person in the world. 
hard question is not what is meaning of life you know that's he speaks and you know in those kind yeah. of sentences and at that time he spoke even less english than he does now hard question is not what is the meaning of life that is easy question to answer no hard question is what make happiness money big house accomplishment friends or he paused and then he said compassion and good heart this is question all human beings must try to answer what makes true happiness he gave this last question a peculiar emphasis and then fell silent gazing at, at her with a smile thank you she said thank you she got up and finished stacking the dirty dishes and cups and took them away wow is that I mean, that's one of the greatest things I've read in a long time. You know, and I, you read stories about him all the time that are very similar to this. But um, this, this, uh, you know, the meaning of life and then um, that's the easy question. I thought that was so great. It's funny because uh, Maharaji, um, I had a similar experience with him where I, that question wasn't asked. But my father, uh, I've told this before, and so it's a little repetitive uh, folks, but I've said that before. I'm telling stories more than once. But if you go to, like, if you go to Krishnadas concert, by the way, he tells the same stories for years and years and years. And he even says, "If you think you're bored by hearing this story, think of me." So, uh, but I actually don't feel that way. But uh, <laughs> I get in there, and my father comes to visit us. You know, and it's a whole story of how he came to India. And, you know, supposedly to find out how we, my brother and I were doing and all that. And uh, and he got there, and Maharaji, at one point, the first um, time that he met him in, in a place called Brindavan in India, he asked my father, how do you think your sons, how are they doing? You came here, you know, how are they doing? And um, my father said, well, they seem to be happy. And Maharaji said, happiness is everything. So mm. I so when I read this thing, I just connected with that, and um, but it's a profound s- statement. It's it's not you know, it's not simple and black and white, and uh, so I, I just you know this is and and the big question is what makes you know happy? How do you get there? And I guess you know you talk a lot about that on your podcast, and um, have you talked about this at all? Happiness. <sighs> Or what the meaning of life is, well, or how yeah, to get there. I, I think we've talked about it in different ways. Uh, I don't know if we've been so direct about the meaning of life or what is happiness. That's a great question, though. Um, but you get feedback from your people, from your listeners, right? Yes, and you are talking. You're talking about it all. You know, obviously, primarily, it interested it. It interested you. You got pulled in. You know, through whatever Ramdas maybe being one of those forces, yes. and then you just wanted to share it because it was doing something for you. But you're also getting feedback. You know, hey, you know, what is going on? How do I deal with this? You know, cause some of it's uh, obviously social, political. People are upset about the fact that. Uh, the government knows everything about us all the time, you know, shit like that, or the inequality, or the the environment, you know, all of that. I mean, you, you're getting that, but aren't you also getting uh, people who like this waitress who are like, what, what, what's really, what is the purpose here? Are you getting that? 
Yes, I get a lot of different questions like that and people going through a lot of stuff. You know, people are always going through something. I get that all the time. And and um, I don't know. Obviously, I don't know the answer. I, I struggle with it all the time. What what happiness is. I, 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 I know, I you know, I actually on the last podcast, I um, I'd listened to this YouTube video where this uh, couple was talking about how they would fill backpacks up with food. You just go to, you know, you go to, you can go to Goodwill and get really cheap backpacks and you fill them up, fill them up with food. You put them in the trunk of your car. And, uh, and then when you pass somebody who's on the street, you stop and you give them this backpack filled with food and it's, you can put a blanket in there or a jacket or something like that. And so I was saying on my podcast, you, you try doing that. I was telling people, why don't you try doing that? And then because I didn't want to be a complete hypocrite and not do it myself, I went out and did it after the next mm. day. I went out and did it. And I'm something that you notice when you start doing something like that and is how your energy changes in the most profound way mm. when you're in the process of getting the food and getting the backpack and filling it up you're doing if you've if you're like me and you've been a selfish jerk for most of your life and then suddenly you're not doing something for yourself the effect is an immediate relief of anxiety and a sense of it's a surprising sense of recreation like it feels leisurely and and fun and magical kind of so that seems like hap that seems like happiness to me Mm. You know what, the, David, uh, what Duncan is talking about is uh, from the podcast that we did, yeah, I, I, right? Oh, no, did you think of that? It, yeah, he talked about it on his last podcast also, number 100. Uh, and you said something that relates to this a little bit, Duncan, because your friend uh, Natasha was, was saying she didn't want to be in Cleveland and she hated being in the Midwest. And you said, well... If you're full of love, if you're in love, if you're loving, it doesn't really matter where you are. It just colors everything. It, it doesn't matter if you're in, in Podunk or if you're in Maui. If you're not, if love does not surround you, if you're not giving it out and you're not receiving it, and it's not in your life, you can be, you know, in the best hotel on the best beach in the world with the best food, and you're still miserable. So love was your word, which is not a new word, obviously, but the way you put it was really good because you were saying that giving or love was the engine behind happiness. Without it, no matter what the accoutrements are, you're just miserable. Eventually, you get miserable. You know, like in, yes. Wolf, of, like in Wolf of Wall Street. Have you seen it yet? Um, I haven't seen it. Well, DiCaprio place apart so that you do actually see that with all the excess and all the material success the film actually Scorsese made it curve round at the end to the fact that the guy was completely messed up and it's not a new statement this but you put it so many times in the last podcast in number 100 of yours about the fact that without that component happiness may appear to be fleetingly useful but will eventually leave you if you're not Giving the backpack, Raga, back to that, mm. you know. Yeah. But Duncan said you said something else at the end, which I really liked, which was, well, you know, you you get a kick out of it. Your ego looks at it and goes, well, there you are. You're doing something really good. 
and it can make you crazy. But you said, and I want you to get on about this a bit, go on about this a little bit. You said, yeah, but just recognizing that you're doing it and recognizing that you're feeling somewhat selfish about it or self-aggrandizing about it is in itself a virtue. So yes. could, you talk, could you talk about yeah. that for a second? Well, that's the, that's the, I don't remember who said this now, but somebody maybe, maybe it was Chogim Trumpa said that that part of your mind that's like, ooh, look at me, I'm doing good. That's called the daughters of Mara and the temptations of Buddha. Those are the daughters that, that that's like the function of the ego to make you feel like you're some kind of saint. And then, you know, I was telling somebody about this and they're like, that's just a way for you to relieve your liberal guilt. And I was thinking if I'm on the street and somebody comes up to me with a backpack filled with food and soap and vitamins or whatever's in there. I'm not going to be like, this isn't to alleviate your liberal guilt, is it? Because I don't want it if it's to make you feel better. It's not about you. That's the whole point. It's like, it's not about whether it makes you feel, whether you're alleviating guilt, whether you're using it because you want to seem special, whether you're doing it because you're trying to gain something out of the world, or whether you're doing it because you're a selfless moat of consciousness that's embodying the healing force of the universe. Whatever the reason you're doing it doesn't matter to the person who's getting the backpack and is out on the street filthy, hungry, and needs food. And both times that I gave the backpack away, it was a really cool thing to look back and they open it really quick and start eating right away. So that thing where people are like, oh, they're just, they just want, they're just using it for drugs. It's not true. They're filthy on the street and they're hungry. So you can use mindfulness to watch your ego react to it. And then that's part of the exercise of the thing. But the predominant sense that I get whenever I do stuff like that is that that immediately relieves a lot of my suffering, just helping people. Mm -hmm. It's like you're running. It's like uh, it's like it's like you're having an engine of your car. It's like running your car on diesel or something your whole life. And then all of a sudden you put some clean, different type of energy. Like suddenly you go solar. It just feels like the thing fueling you is totally different. And also I noticed an increase in synchronicities and I noticed a more of a sense of connection. So I get it. I get the service thing. I get it. Um, the interest, what I was actually, David, what I was pointing to was our last podcast where we, uh. we were talking about, uh, you know, unconscious impulses was, a. it's uh, just going up tomorrow, I think. Um, and we, you know, we said, well, shit, we've got to have an antidote for this kind of stuff. So uh, David had uh, found, uh, we both found this article, Pema Trojan. You know Pema Trojan, right? Yes. Uh, yeah, who's, you know, it's Sharon and Pema Trojan are, you know, of one fabric, as far as I'm concerned, just clear, <laughs> just clear. Right? Yeah. Um, so she gave four different uh, anecdotes for this kind of stuff. And uh, the last one, and David and I were kind of at the end, we just sort of listed them, we didn't really talk about them, but uh, the last one was uh, was basically doing things for others. Um, you know, that was the antidote, take care of others. So l I'll just uh, give you a sense of, um, you know, what she was talking about, because it goes beyond um, the physical act. The... the 
the seva is encompasses everything it encompasses mental attitude it encompasses action uh it encompasses uh uh, connectivity and um um bowing down to your own heart first or else you can't do it for i mean duncan you and i had that uh podcast uh, with jack cornfield where that was a, a big part of that and that was an important teaching too um uh, so let me just uh, quote her um when you feel bad let it be your link to other suffering we we used this quote yesterday the other day when you feel good let it be your link with others joy so th- that's a primary thing you know that's a meditation you know that we we need to engage with even before we step out the door to get the food you know i mean we have to engage ourselves with that conceptually um this understanding that our sorrows and joys are not separate from the sorrows and joy of others is a key to the fourth and final quality that is critical for waking up taking care of one another uh so um you know she she talks and I like this. We can't stand to see our flaws or failings. We can't stand our feelings of boredom, disappointment, or fear. We can't stand to witness the suffering on the evening news or in the face of the homeless person on the corner. And so we shut down. That is an absolute primary thing that we are all dealing with at every level. I don't care you know, uh, people that are supposedly advanced spiritually and all of it. I mean, you know, I think we, we, that is such an easy thing to connect with that shutting down in relation to others. Uh, that's a kind of sanity. She says your body and mind intuitively know what's enough, but in your heart, you have this strong aspiration that before you die and hopefully even by next week (laughs) that you'll become more capable of being open to other people and yourself. The attitude is one step at a time, four baby steps forward, two baby back. You can just allow it to be like that. Trust that you have to go at your own speed. Uh, So now you have gone and you have, uh, without even knowing the four antidotes to, uh, you know, to move forward and, and uh, transform yourself uh, out of ignorance, uh, these are the beginning four, uh, you've already gotten into the one, probably, and she says, the most important one. So um, you've become a Tibetan teacher. Yay! <laughs> <laughs> You're translating esoteric and complex Tibetan teachings. Uh, well, you know, it, it's so not complex, man. It's like, you know, what I like to think about sometimes is imagine if all humans on the planet, like we'd all been on a spaceship together, working together, like, uh, you know, uh, an hour ago. We've been orbiting an abandoned planet in a spaceship, working together, exploring the universe. Something happened. An alien ray hit the ship. It crashed on Earth, and all of us dispersed from the spaceship with this kind of weird alien amnesia. We've forgotten that we were all together on a spaceship. We've lost our minds, and out of this desperate attempt to make sense of this planet, we've taken up all our various roles. And maybe that's when they say waking up. It's like, just wake up to the fact that we're, we, are, we were all engaged in this some kind of something together. We don't know what it is, but before we even have to worry about what that is, 
The idea is like, these are your brothers and sisters who are on a spaceship and some of them are, are just need food. And it's so simple. That's what's weird about it. It's just so obvious. It's like white guilt, mm. liberal pride, whatever, liberal guilt, whatever you want to call it, just helps help them. And it's fun. And also it's psychedelic. And uh, forgive me for talking about drugs in relation to this stuff, but if you, this is like 50 times better than a laser light show. Eat some marijuana and then go and do this thing and just watch how strange your universe immediately becomes. You'll feel giddy, crazy. It's like the opposite of being a serial killer. You know, driving around, <laughs> driving around with like a backpack filled with knives and duct tape or whatever. No, you're driving around with a, a backpack filled with food and you're actually doing a strange form of hunting or something. Now, you know what I mean? You are suggesting that our audience go ahead and ingest uh, psychedelics. <laughs> no, I, I know your audience is 98% sober people, and a lot of them are DEA agents, but yes, <laughs> I am suggesting that. There is something about the combination. Did you do this uh, the yes. other day? You did yes. this because it's out of experience because you don't tell us I, anything except it's your experience. Right? I did this, and, and, and so I passed this one kid sitting against the and trust me i'm going through all i'm watching my mind go through the this very quick fluctuation from feeling like yeah i'm basically mother teresa i'm i'm basically mother teresa right now <laughs> to it penduluming to the other side which yeah. is like have you gone crazy is this a midlife <laughs> crisis this could be a midlife crisis this could be some insane thing you're just driving around to give food to somebody you've lost your mind you've got to cut down on the weed duncan this is <laughs> too much so this pendulum is going back and forth and then i see this guy this guy sitting there he's got his dog he's filthy he's hungry and I'm walking behind a guy in a business outfit, right? And uh, the guy in the business outfit right in front of me hands this guy an, a cup of Starbucks coffee, iced coffee oh, that he had just finished. Oh. So he hands him his empty cup with ice in it and just keeps walking. And it's like I said to the guy, I'm like, did that guy just give you an empty cup? fucking cup man that's excuse me for cursing the guy's like it was just you know the, the look on his face was like yeah does it look like i'm having a great day anyway like oh. this is probably something that's been happening for weeks that so anyway it was cool because in that moment not only did i get to give him all this food and his dog's tail started wagging and you could see the dog was going to eat too but it was also cool because i got to see a demon because anybody who would shove an empty cup of coffee in a homeless person's hand and just keep walking, that's like Satan incarnated in front of me or something. It was a really cool thing. And obviously, I don't really believe he's a demon, but I think that when you start serving other people, it actually puts you in a magical state. It puts you in a kind of a place where your senses are operating in a way they don't normally operate. You go into the world of symbols. You're in the world of myth all of a sudden. And you really do get to see, because um, that's a person mm. that you're giving the food to. It's easy to forget that. Like, that's you. That really could be you. Three bad bit, three bad strokes of luck 
four bad strokes of luck. What's to keep you from suddenly being not to scare anybody or anything, but when you really just deal with that idea of it, like what they're saying, compassion, empathy, connect with them. It, but you put it, you go into a magical state and it's fun and it's psychedelic and it's self-indulgent. I'll admit it. I'm not doing it for any pure reason. I was doing it. I even went into it with a question. You know, I went into it like uh, approaching it as an oracle, like over the course of however long it takes me to get the food for the backpack and bring the backpack to somebody. I open myself up to the universe. Help me understand this question that I have. And then all of a sudden, now you're really looking for signs. You know, you're mm. listening to the radio. You're looking for signs. You're, you, you've got your antenna out in the midst of doing this thing. And, you know, I did get an answer to my question. It did come to me. Yeah. What? Yeah. What's the answer? Buy more shares in Microsoft. <laughs> hey, Dave, let's go on out and do this with Duncan. This sounds like a fun thing. It, you guys got to yeah, go do I it. It's very easy in New no, York. No, well, what by the about? Way. Can we get together as a group? Oh, it's very easy anywhere. Okay, that's not yeah, yeah, an issue. Yeah, I guess it is. Uh, I just mean getting with Duncan because he's got. You know, we need to ingest, and it seems like he can help us out that way. And we could do it yes. as a group kind of a thing with him and have that cathartic uh, experience that you. Yeah. Well, then I was thinking I could never do this because I'm way too much of a coward. But I was thinking like, oh, you could have parties at your house where you have people come over like potluck, but they bring stuff that you can put into these backpacks. So everybody leaves with a backpack with different stuff that they've brought over. And then it mm. just like, you just give it to people. It's like, it's so weird that this you talking about this stuff makes you feel like it makes me feel weird. Like you're not even supposed to talk about it because it's like, listen to you. Oh, goody two shoes helping the hopeless. <laughs> oh, where's your halo? You sweet little cherub. It's like, <laughs> You know what I mean? You're not supposed to talk about it. There's this John Wayne aspect of serving other people yeah. where it's like, don't talk about helping. Talk <laughs> about hurting as much as you want. Talk about the nasty thing you said to the lady who called from Verizon or talk about the awful thing you did to your ex-wife or talk about some, some something cruel you did to somebody and people will perk up and listen and laugh and, and, and shake their pitchforks together. But the moment you start yapping about right away when I told somebody, yeah, you know, you give a you give a backpack to a homeless person, the first response was, "That's just trying to cure your liberal guilt." No, you're kidding. Really? Yeah, yeah. I mean, people put down Jimmy Carter. You know, when Jimmy Carter left the White House, in some disgrace actually, because of Reagan, the first thing he did was set up Habitat for USA, which is building houses for poor people, and it's been and it's now, you know, thirty four years since that started, since Mr. Carter did that, and it is still happening. And Carter still in his 80s is involved in that. Now you could, you know, as you said, Duncan, you could be satirical about this. But I want to quote you. I want to quote you, Duncan. See, now Trussell. you're being quoted even. Yeah, I want to Because I really like it. Duncan, I like this quote a lot. It's from your last podcast. You said, you don't have to look at society to know how to be. That's exactly what you said. You don't have to look at society to know how to be. And I thought that was a profound statement because most people, as you say, they're looking over their shoulders thinking, is this the thing to do or is it cheesy? Yeah. Is this cool? Or is it, I mean, I was at a, a, one of those outside restaurants on the Upper West Side a couple of years ago with some people in the record business, all of whom were making large amounts of money. I mean, big six figures. And a homeless person, you know, in, in New York, they have these restaurants with a little, a little sort of rail 
and then the people are sort of outside that. And a homeless person came up to our table, and he was in terrible condition, and surely he was probably a junkie. I don't know. And one of the people, I started to give him something, another person did, and then one of the people at the table, who's a major executive, said, don't give him money. That just encourages that kind of behavior. And mm. an argument then ensued at the table with me. And I was very disgusted because this person is earning a ton of money and yet had this kind of weird, I hate to use the word, Republican attitude, which is the poor, it's their fault. There's something wrong with them. Yeah. If they're not working hard and getting to the top and becoming the head of whatever they do, there's something wrong with them. They're, 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 they failed. And we know that that just is, is sort of heartless nonsense and that so-called demon you were talking about. That's very prevalent in our society. And America is by no means alone in this. I mean, spend some time in my country, in England. Uh, it's the same attitude. It's classism in a way, you know. It's saying that people who don't make it, who don't have a house, don't have a shower to take, don't have a three meals a day, there's something actually deficient about them. They're sort of mentally, emotionally, and in every other way deficient. Better you're, to give you're, money than... You know, and you're, in your last podcast, you fought it with great um, elan, I might say. <laughs> elan. I, I, I think it's better to give money to, to, to a, a, a heroin addict than it is to give money to a president. Because if you give money to a heroin addict, he's not going to turn it into bombs to blow people up. He's yep. just going to inject heroin into his arm. But we give money to the president every time we buy something, and that's totally normal when a percentage of that money goes to killing people. Also, this makes me think of a great joke by uh, the the comedian Greg Giraldo, who uh, who has passed away. But his joke was paraphrasing: so I was walking down the street, and uh, I passed a homeless guy and was about to give him some money. And then I thought, you know what? He's just going to use it for booze and drugs. And then I thought, that's exactly what I'm going to use it for too. <laughs> <laughs> You know, like, who are we to talk? What are you using your money for? You know, like, what are you using it for that's so sacred and holy and perfect? You know, we're all using money for dumb things anyway. It doesn't matter. And also, whoever you pass on the street, it's not your job to, to convict them of sla of the crime of being so slack. When that guy's like, you don't want to encourage that behavior. It's not like somebody was sitting in his apartment. It's like, you know what? I'm just going to be homeless. Let's do that. It's my hobby. I'm I'm homeless as a hobby. It's just fun. It's like, who knows? Did the guy put a spike in his arm at some point? Probably. Did that suck him into a vortex of addiction? Sure. He got chemically addicted to a substance. So are you the dark judge of the universe that your idea is to starve him to death? Is that what you're convicting him? That's your judgment? I'll just let him starve to death. You're you know what? Let's just all go inside for a month and let all the homeless starve to death because that's the that should be the punishment for their crime years ago. It's insane. It's, <laughs> it's insanity. Uh, I am. You're making sorry. me feel guilty, and I I don't I didn't do Go it. Go help Jesus. you, selfish pigs! Uh, by the way, I, I this is this is if I work out for three days. I swear to God, I look at myself in the mirror and I'm like, damn, you are looking good, man. <laughs> in the same way, if I help somebody for one day, I have become, honestly, I am like Gandhi right now in my head. Yes, Two very, backpacks. Very nice, man. <laughs> Duncan Gandhi, gee. Um, listen, this all is service. You've made me feel guilty. Uh, I don't want 
want you to feel guilty. I want. I so want I you need to feel... you to do something for for us. You should do something okay. for us because if you're into service, we need some help. Okay. What do you need? We've gone this whole way. You know, I don't know how long we've been doing this so far, and we've not mentioned talk about you know gathering groceries and so on and so forth and giving. Dave and I are in dire need. <laughs> of, so you guys need a backpack. Yeah, we in need the form, to, in the form of an Amazon. Yeah, yeah I mean, you. I'm just thinking. You know, you are a successful podcaster. Yes, and uh, he, earning a very nice living because you have this incredible Duncan Trussell Family Hour. By the way, go there and listen to Duncan. Uh, and an, a great support, and you know, I guess we've just started out, and 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 we're just terrible at uh, being able to uh, to promote ourselves somehow. So we thought, since you've done it so well for yourself, how about doing one for us? Sure, for the, your Amazon account. Anything will do. Your Amazon portal. Amazon yeah. Audible merchandise in the store, donations, anything. Okay. Somebody want to sponsor us? We'd be willing to, you know, consider that. Guys, you're listening to my favorite podcast. And the diff this is the thing. You all know this cuz you're you're savvy podcast people. You're aware of the fact that this is a new form of entertainment. It's not like TV. It's a brand new thing where this kind of media is suddenly accessible to all of us where when it wasn't accessible to us before. When I was a kid, if I wanted to come in contact with people like this, I had to find the one book on Timothy Leary shoved in some corner of the library, maybe three or four paragraphs to read about this stuff. But now you have this kind of information pouring out of the Internet and it's, there's never been a time in human history where this happened. It's never been a time. It's amazing to think about the fact that the stuff that these guys are getting out there by having guests on like Salzburg and Cornfield and Pima Children. I can't believe you have Pima Children on. That's we did amazing. Not. No, we, we have did, not. We, we are. We are. Uh, we're, we're going to. Yes. We have it. We Go quoted on. from her though, a lot. You, yeah. you, well, anyway, the point is, and and me, the king of service, the Gandhi <laughs> of the Western world, me, Duncan Trussell, deliverer of two backpacks to homeless people in his whole life. <laughs> oh dear, I am overcome with emotion here. <laughs> oh dear, I am crying. The point is, you. Th this is the type of this is the type of stuff. These are the plants you want to water in your garden. And there's a very easy way to support this podcast, which is they have an Amazon portal, which is located at mindrollingpodcast. What is it? dot org. dot com. No org. My, we, mindrollingpodcast. We're self interested dot, here. Mindrollingpodcast.com. dot com. They have a portal. Amazon is an amazing thing because it makes it so that you no longer have to go to Target to buy your plastic stuff. You don't want to go to Target. I was at a Target once and I watched a child's diaper spill out <laughs> on top. I I just like a like a just an oh, I was awful. Just a just a terrible cup of poison just spilling out splattering on the floor falling on just splattering everywhere and that's what i saw can you imagine what we don't see that's happening at target you can't imagine the disease the film of 
disease that is spread on every surface in any chain store, not just Target, any place outside, you're basically, you might as well let a baby crap in your mouth. Don't do it. Go to Amazon.com. Go through, go to MindRollingPodcast.com and go through their portal the next time you're going to buy stuff. Bookmark Bookmark, Bookmark bookmark it. Bookmark the portal and Amazon for some weird reason, which we don't even know, probably because that Bezos guy is blasted on high-powered cocaine because he's a zillionaire and doesn't know what he's doing. He may have forgotten the fact that they do this service, which is they give a percentage uh, to, to affiliates, and well, it's that's amazing. That's just not true about Jeff. He's a lovely man we have heard through the ethers. Oh, really? Yeah. Okay. The guy who runs Amazon is a lovely man? Lovely man, yeah. And ah, absolutely. I was just kidding. I love him. Thank you so much for doing this service, friend. If you're in the Illuminati, I want to join. So <laughs> there you go. Go through the portal. Support this podcast. Get their T-shirts. Go to their go go to their Audible link. This is the type of stuff we want to get out there. All right, you know uh, th that's uh, absolutely uh, about a billion percent better than uh, have have we learned? I think we've learned a little something. You know, and now trying. I think we. Trying, we're trying. Yeah, we're yes. trying. Yeah. So, and we and we do. You know, the uh, audience has been growing, Duncan, and uh, we. You know, we get a lot of people relating, and uh, so it it really all is uh, just fine. Um, I I have one more comment about the the service, which uh, in India is called Seva, and this is actually uh, kind of a horrible. Uh, it's not a confession, reality, uh, <laughs> around seva, okay, service. I was in India, actually when I was with Maharaji in the first days, Neem Karoli Baba, and there was one Westerner, a friend of mine, his name is Dwarka, he was the greatest person I ever saw doing service completely without any self-consciousness. No reward thoughts, no guilt thought. Everything that we've been expressing here, he was he was enlightened that way. I mean, he just was that guy. And he to this day, I mean, you know, he actually, I mean, he's an amazing guy. I was sitting next to him, and we were with Maharaji, and <laughs> Maharaji points at him, and he goes, Dwarka, Seva, Bahotacha, very good. You're very good, he said to Dwarka, the <laughs> best Seva. And then he points his finger at me <laughs> next to him, right? And he goes, yeah. you, night. <laughs> uh, 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 you know, uh, no, obviously listen, I have some... to say something here. Duncan, I have to say something here. I have to. And it's going to sound very smarmy, but uh, Raghu, in my 40 years of knowing Raghu, I'm not sure I know anybody who's helped more people. That's all I can say. Oh. Uh, in terms of the, the satsang, the Maharaji satsang, and way out of that satsang, too. He's well yeah. known for this. Uh, he doesn't ever say this about himself, and it's really kind of sad because the truth of the matter is that I love people who don't exhibit enormous generosity you know right. and yet you know that it's almost reflexive that if someone's in trouble or in dire straits or having hard times 
that they will come to the help. And that's that's Raga Marcus. So let me just get that dead and straight it's commercial right here. for me. Thank hey, you. Yeah, big one. Big one. Very sincere. <laughs> Go through Raga Marcus's portal. <laughs> yeah, yes. really. Obviously. But I Obviously, it's though, true, Duncan. You know, you know that. But you know. obviously, Maharaji knows way better than you. Yeah, and but then, yeah, then, but maybe the, no, a couple it? of words to you, his couple of words <laughs> to you, maybe just sliced through your abject selfishness and made you into a well, wonderfully giving person. Well, I this, mean, this is even more terrible. One, we used to get, we had stamps with his picture on them. They look like stamps, and yeah. and you know, one of us made a whole pile of them and he, he shared them with us. So we get there. Anyhow, we showed it to Maharaji. He loved these stamps. So he'd say, give me your stamps. And he'd give them out to people, right? It was fun. It was yeah. a fun thing. So one day, I was not right there, but I was like 20 feet away. And I heard him say, "Give me, anybody got any stamps? And, and I thought to myself, yeah, I have. But I don't want to give them all up. So I ripped them in half, and I gave him <laughs> half. He looked at me, and he, <laughs> he yelled, nay. And he threw them at me, you prick get out of here and he is you know he did use very bad language so uh this is this is part of this insanity you know this kind of where it comes from karma i don't know you know and so a week later i went back and i i had those stamps on me and he uh suddenly said anybody got any stamps <laughs> so i tentatively tentatively took them out of my backpack or whatever and i presented to him and looking at him like a puppy, you know, looking up like, you know, when they do something wrong. And he took them, he turned away, and then he turned back to me and he did something that, uh, you know, he did uh, where he pointed his finger at me. Okay, got you. Got it now. <laughs> got it. Stupid. You know, and he, yeah. he, he didn't throw him back at me. Man, so, that's so cool. You're he, so lucky that you got to meet him. No shit. Well, he, he, you know, he's passed it on, passed it forward for 40 years. Can I just ask you something, uh, Duncan, which is that in your last, in your last podcast, you, you spoke to um, Natasha and said that service can come in many ways. And he, you said to her, your stand-up, your stand-up uh, show is of great service to the people who are at the show. And, you know, because she's modest and not full of shit, she said, oh, come on, you know. And then you actually articulated to her very quickly that there are people in that audience, in every audience, who find something in comedy and, and music and so on, but in comedy, that takes them out of themselves, and maybe for a moment, but maybe for longer, uh, can absolutely uh, make them feel better about themselves and lead them towards happiness. I had this experience with Richard Pryor and Bill Hicks, um, mm. both of those guys, that whenever I saw them, no matter how harsh they were, no matter how critical they were, I, and Carlin too, you know, I always felt somewhat better because they'd said something, maybe something that someone else wouldn't say. She said, you know, and asked you, she was modest and said, no, that's not service. Sometimes, you know, no, it's not. I don't work at it. And you said to her, you've been working at it for years. So I want to ask you, Duncan, when you're live on stage, you're making people laugh, so on. Do you feel it coming back at you instantaneously? Some kind of, wow, this is changing me. This is kind of helping me. Is that a, a ridiculous question or no? No, no, I, that it's one of the most beautiful moments when you are connecting with a crowd and 
and you've gotten past the sort of with stand up comedy, you know, there's the introductory period where you're sort of like getting them used to you. And if you successfully tune into them and, and get them tuned into who you are and they've decided that to embrace you and there's this connection that happens and it is so wonderful. And it's one of my favorite things ever. Um, yeah. And, and I, I, I think that if you, that service thing again, you know, it's like, there's this thing attached to service. Like you were, it's like, we have to, we're supposed to hide our generosity. If you, you know what I mean? It's like, I think Jesus said something like, don't go on the street corners and something like the, some things do. I don't remember. Like, don't go, don't act like something, be something. So people then they hear that and they start getting afraid because they think, well, if I start doing good stuff, I'm doing it for a reason. You know what I'm saying? I'm doing it for yeah. a selfish reason. Like well, what you were describing, this guy is so good at Seva. He's just some reflexive reaction. He's yeah. like a heartbeat. What? And so, but then you get in your head when you hear stuff like that and you're like, you know what? Well, I'm never going to be a reflexive reaction or a heartbeat. If I'm giving stuff away or doing stuff, I'm doing it because I want to feel better because I don't feel good a lot of the time. So I'm doing this because I want to feel better. And if it gets food in this guy's stomach, awesome. But that's a secondary consideration because that's where I'm at right now. You know, that's exactly where I'm at. So you do it from that place instead of from a phony place where you're like, I'm going to pretend I'm not doing this for any reason. I'm just doing it because I'm just a feather in the wings of an angel and I'm just fully giving myself to the world. No, that's not probably how you feel at all. You probably feel depressed and angry and sick and lonely and unhappy because it's a miserable world. And if you've been selfish your whole life, you definitely don't feel very good. How could you? Because you've been feeding your hand. You know, it's like your hand's been feeding itself. I'm an expert at this. Can you tell now? Oh, absolutely. We've known you as an expert at this. And we always Ah. say, you know what? You always hear the same thing back, which is the fact that you are thinking about all this stuff. You are in a witness place. You are looking at your mind. You're looking at your motives. You're looking at it all run by. And yep. you're you're getting to the place of not judging it and being honest, you know, which is a whole range of stuff is going on. It ain't just one thing. I'm right. giving this because I want to feel, you know, aggrandized or, or a feel, you know, get uh, eradicate uh, liberal guilt, whatever the hell it is. It's just thoughts. They don't mean anything. The fact is, from an open hearted stance you are this is all part of allowing you us to be able to transform ourselves by understanding who we really are and who the vantage point is is certainly from from the heart place and not the head place and, yes yes and that and and the fact that uh, you you know this is uh, you know you're studying all this different stuff and you're coming from a place where you you're it's a true witness it's not a judge witness which is in the head it's a true witness out of the heart where you actually have you're trying to have compassion for somebody else but you got to have it for yourself first and you're having that compassion by virtue of of uh you know um being honest about what it is that is motivating and what it is you'd like it to be or what it is that uh, you know the the dark side of it our shadow side it's accepting all of that stuff so it's right yeah. on, uh, you know what what you're saying is absolutely right on, and uh, and I like the fact that we're quoting you now, um, 
David, yeah, me too. could you listen to a few more of his podcasts, and then oh. we can do we can pick stuff out, and we can start quote, and you, then you'll be part of our low hanging fruit club. <laughs> yeah, I want to be. I love low hanging fruit. You know, I've always like put a negative connotation to low hanging fruit for some reason, but it's like that's the best kind of fruit. Who wants to go up in a tree to get fruit? Just the low hanging stuff is fine. Exactly. Um, but I, well, I, the the. Anyway, yeah, I know what you're saying, and 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 the, one of the things that inspired the, these experiments that I've been that I've been doing is I don't remember where it is. You might have said it, Raghu, or I read it somewhere, but somebody was asking Maharaji the best way to develop cities. You know, yeah, like site, yeah. and and he said, service. raise Kundalini, yeah, service. to raise Kundalini, yeah. and he said, service, yeah. service. That's the best way to do it. Mm -hmm. And I, I feed people. I, he exactly said that's it, man. I'm telling you, it's like if you can manage to pull this stuff off without noticing, at least noticing how good it feels and you're somehow just this blank thing. Great. But I'm telling you, man, it is a psychedelic rush to go do this stuff. It's well, not the ingestion sort of helps that psychedelic. Yes, yes, of course. <laughs> the sacrament, the communion wafer, whatever. But you you dive into this thing, and you will quickly even you know what? Do it. Don't eat. Don't eat marijuana. Do it sober. <laughs> I it's I don't know for sure because I haven't tried it, but I have a feeling. <laughs> <laughs> I, think, <laughs> I think it would be just as psychedelic. Um. Okay, I have another commercial. And okay. that is, uh, in my other hat, uh, with uh, doing the other podcasts I do, Ramdas Here and Now on Ramdas.org. Uh, we are, uh, I just want everybody to know about this because it's happening uh, now and it's, it's going to be out as of uh, this uh, podcast. And that is that we have a new film with Ramdas, Sharon Salzberg, Krishnadas. Uh, and a couple other people, other little friends, including myself, uh, that uh, uh, David Silver, your own David Silver, was the director and editor of this film. And along he, with along with John, John Finner. Along with John Finner. great. So, John, if you listen to this, we love you. <laughs> and uh, uh, anyhow, it's uh, cultivating intuitive faith and true surrender. And Duncan, we had a whole other thing that uh, I'll mention to you, and you'll have to come back, and then we'll talk about it. Uh, it's a, cer a certain individual with an incredible viewpoint, but we're at the end of this podcast. But I do want to encourage, go to ramdas.org, and you will find a way to navigate. It'll be right up on the home page. Uh, this, this movie includes somebody who is very dear to us from India, and Ramdas's uh, brother, Indian brother, his first translator when he that 1967 when he met Maharaji, his name is K.K. Shaw, and he introduces a completely new way of understanding those two terms which are completely destroyed <laughs> in the West. I mean, we do not know what they really mean. I mean, certainly, uh, and Sharon's uh, also elucidates on this uh, through the Buddhist perspective about faith. It's just fantastic film. Uh, and uh, there's some funny stories in there from Krishnadas and, and myself. And uh, so go to ramdas.org on that. And uh, Duncan, do you know, I'm just going to mention this name. Do you know, have you ever heard of Lama Govinda? No. Ah, 
great. Lama Govinda lived not far from where we first met Maharaji in the foothills of the Himalayas and was a Tibetan and uh, uh, he was from Germany and he lived there with his wife and there's some great books by him and and we but we need to do a whole it a whole podcast. It's he did he wrote this uh, you you can see it by the way folks on ramdas.org there's the featured teacher Lama Govinda and you too Duncan go there and then we can talk about it. It's okay. about time and space. Cool. Yeah, it's really cool from Tibetan. It's called the problem of past and future, Duncan. The problem mm. of past and future. And I just read it. You know, Raga just sort of got it to me not an hour ago. And it, and it, it it is really one of those things that every sentence sort of causes this little explosion in your psyche. It's like, oh, that's what it's about. Cool. You know. So please try and read it, Duncan. It's great. I'll read it for yeah. sure. Yeah, and then cool. we'll we'll get back on with you, or we'll go on your show or something. We'll talk about Lama Govinda. Oh, that yeah. you know, and related. Yeah, you guys, you guys need to come back on my show. It's been too long. Yeah, oh. we're gonna do that. But we Can't love wait. we love having you, and uh, it Thank it's you. the time just flies whenever we do. And, Can't believe uh, it's over. And, and again, Duncan Trussell Family Hour. For those of you, there's probably maybe three of you only that don't know about Duncan. Uh, if you don't know about Duncan, I want to know about it. Uh, we'll give you a prize. Uh, I usually give, like I used to say, if you've never heard of Krishnadas, okay, write to me uh, and or write through Mind Rolling, and uh, I'm going to give you a free song. And I give away Krishnadas's music, which he loves. Uh, <laughs> 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 talk about generous. That's Krishnadas. Uh <laughs> And um, uh, and we're going to be featuring Krishna Das. Uh, we're going to have him on, by the way, uh, cool. because he has a new record coming out that is fantastic. Uh, so we got a, a, you know some great music coming, and uh, we we look forward to uh, seeing you again, Duncan, uh, sooner than later. David, it's been great as yeah, usual. Thanks, thanks Duncan, you guys. Love you look, all. Folks. We look forward to to your your podcast too, and. You're being on. We're really. I just feel so, this. We love it. We love it. I feel so lucky to have you guys as friends. Seriously, it's the. It's so cool. Thank Mutuality. you. Thank Mutuality. you. Thank you. All right, talk to you later. See you all later.